Welcome back to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast. We're up to episode 59 in this uncharted territory that we're all living in right now, emotionally as well as business-wise and artistically and just about any other way you can possibly imagine. I called Andrea Freeman of Andrea Freeman Events. A, because she's a wonderful event planner, but B, I know she is an expert when it comes to areas of mindfulness, meditation, affirmations. She started working as a mindfulness business coach, having nothing to do with this pandemic. I just think that during this time, we can all use all the help we can get. So here's my conversation with Andrea. You want to do this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Andrea Friedman has been on before and we were talking about weddings and I asked her to come back on because she is a life coach and a business coach and talks about meditation and mindfulness and without further ado, why don't you tell everybody and how you help people not only in their daily life, but in their business life. Yeah, I have been borderline obsessed with self-development for basically my whole life. My mom came home with a book, Dr. Weil, you know, Andrew Weil. He's an MD, but he's also like kind of like a shaman and he looks like Santa Claus. He's adorable. She came home with this book and I stole it from her. She wasn't using it. <laughs> it's like, you know, and I just started reading it. And so I'm reading about this man who's a doctor, which, you know, like at 13, I'm like, well, I've been to a doctor. I know what a doctor is, but he's also lived in the Amazon with you know, indigenous tribes, studied like their wellness. And I started to get a glimpse that there is another way to be healthy. And, um, you know, that was kind of like my entry point. And in that book, he had you do like a meditation. He tells you what to do, like how long to close your eyes for, what to repeat to yourself. And I just started doing it. I did that on and off through my teens. I wouldn't say that I had a regular practice, but I was definitely bitten by the idea that there are things that we can do to get more connected to ourselves idea started to to be something that I not that I took for granted that but that just seemed like so obvious like of course there are things we can do to get more connected to ourselves and so so I always had that kind of introspective tendency mm -hmm. and went away to college and studied education became a public school teacher and it was actually in that year as a public school teacher where I got unfortunately very sick and maybe fortunately because that really forced a lot of introspection in that year. Is this really what I love doing? Is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? 25 years old, living in New York City, teaching in Bedford-Stuyvesant. I really was very committed to doing something that would have impact. And I think that this is something that's always really driven my life. And I learned, I learned a lot. I mean, going to school for education really taught me to be able to look at where people are, you know, kind of in the moment and assess like what they have to get to the, to the end goal, right? Like that ability to just constantly be really present to what's going on for other people, tuned into their experience. We did a lot of community building exercises. And in some ways, as much as it was a difficult year, I grew a lot in that year. There was a lot of friction, which I always say causes growth. 
And I, you know, had the chance to, while I was doing this work with these kids, to look at what I really truly want to do. I, I knew that I was making a difference and I really wanted to do something that caused more joy that, uh, you know, had a bigger impact that happened. It happened on a bigger scale and not that, I mean, teaching in his amazing profession. And that year I developed so much respect for what our teachers do for, for our kids and how they cultivate the next generation. I mean, it's incredible. And it wasn't the spot for me to thrive. I was not, I was not thriving in, in that profession. So, um, you know, fast forward, I, I leave that at the end of the year and I go to culinary school and open a catering company and start on my journey into events and hospitality. And all the while I've devoured books about personal growth and, you know, I've been to all the seminars and then I worked for a leadership development company, one of the largest leadership development companies in the world. And I was the one who was planning their luxury vacation courses all over the world and helping to execute those and managing teams and, and coaching. This is where I really developed the skill to be able to coach people. This is in like basically every country in the world, their courses are happening all the time. So I worked for them for a few years doing their courses, producing them and really um, mentoring people who they have a whole program that in order to make their courses happen really relies on a lot of what they call um, people who assist or like volunteers. And so in order for those people to, to gain something from the experience of, you know, doing the work, uh, there's a lot of coaching. There's a lot of skills development. There's a lot of training. There's a lot of, you know, personal growth that happens in, well, in any volunteer opportunity, really. Right. And then moved to Los Angeles with my then boyfriend, um, now husband. He's a television producer, which is how we ended up in LA. You know, to keep busy, I decided to open a business, right? What else was I doing? And that's where Andrew Freeman Events was born. And I think that what I'm doing now with coaching really allows me to pull everything together that I learned as a business owner through Andrea Freeman events and tie that in with all of the personal development work that I've always done and, and love doing and share that with people. I can help people go from a place of working really hard in their businesses, but not seeing all of the results that they're looking for. So I help people get really clear about like what their purpose is as a human being on this planet, like how to express that through the work that they're doing and how to integrate all parts of themselves into their business to be really, truly authentic in their business. And the way that I was working with my clients was already very intentional. I was already doing a lot of work to get very clear with them, to set intentions, to, to tend to them themselves uh, throughout the process, to uh, not come at it from the perspective that you know, event planning is stressful or overwhelming, but, you know, really look at this event from the, from the lens of what it adds and makes available to your community. So it was a very, very grounded uh, in that kind of thinking uh, and mindfulness. And now during this time, it's turning out to be kind of a perfect time to really look at how can their mindset support what they want to achieve and how can maybe even tiny shifts really make an impact in the difference that they want to make in the world in, you know, the fulfillment that they want to experience as a business owner in whatever drives them. And so like, how can they tap into who they are really at their core 
uh, you know, their unique personal gifts and talents and, and their unstoppable power and, you know, have business be more effortless and do business in a more elegant way. And for those who are wanting to do the work, there's a lot of time to do it right now. Define mindfulness, wellness, mindfulness, meditation, uh, self-actualization. Where, where does it all, you know, how does it all blend together? Yeah, so many things, right? Mindfulness to me is like really doing the work to get to the heart of who you really truly are. And so there are a lot of different avenues to getting there. There's meditation, there's yoga, there's journaling, there's hypnosis, there's neurolinguistic programming. There's so many tools. Wait, what was that last one? Linguistic programming? Neurolinguistic programming. Neurolinguistic, oh. There's ontology, there's psychology, there's, right, there's, there's so many avenues. Yeah. That process for you, whatever it looks like, uncovering layer by layer who you truly are. And I think really ultimately like what your purpose is here in this life. Yeah. And this is for sure about really pairing it like your right brain thinking with your left brain thinking. So really tuning into your intuition, trusting in something bigger than you, like cultivating your spirituality, whatever that looks like, or, you know, relationship to something bigger than you, along with the very left brain, which is like, you know, the strategies and the tactics and the marketing and the sales, the structures that you have, the spreadsheets, and really making sure that it all works together so that you're a whole and complete person in your business. Okay, so how do the two combine? So I was just listening to a podcast, a football coach and a basketball coach, and they were talking about using meditation mm -hmm. to be more grounded, more, more yeah. present. Yeah. Your, but how does that, how does that relate to like your well, business? If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a service-based entrepreneur, if you are a solopreneur or, you know, a small business owner, your business at the heart of it is you. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. When you are looking at who you're being in your business and the, the inspired actions that you're taking as a result of who you're being up leveling who you're being, then you're up leveling your actions. You're up leveling as a result, your impact, you're up leveling your, uh, financial freedom. You're up leveling so many of the things that are the goals of being in business by just tending. And I don't think that it is, um, a logical place for us to go, right? Like when we are in our businesses and we're not producing the results that we want to be producing, very often we go to like, what do I need to be doing? Like, do I need to learn more about this kind of marketing? Maybe I should be on Instagram more. Maybe I should be, you know, like we're, we very often look at what we need to do in our businesses to produce the results. But I right. think that it's a very powerful action to take to actually pause the action, to look at who we're being, to see if there's anything that's in our way, any kind of clutter that needs to be just kind of moved out of the way that can cause new action. Because doing things from a place of want, right? Very often you'll hear, or maybe you've heard yourself even say, you know, what I really want for my business is X, Y, and Z. When we're creating from a place of want, it's actually really creating from a place of lack. We're noticing what we don't have and thinking that we could just work harder, do more, and produce that result. 
And truthfully, it's kind of the opposite to the way that like the universal laws function. Really, we take inspired action because of a sufficiency. We are inspired to share the things that we have more than enough of. So when we are cultivating that kind of thinking, like really leaning into trusting that there's more than enough here and not just like logically understanding it, but truly, truly deeply believing that there is more than enough, we're creating from a very different place. How does it translate to the other person, to to a potential client or to a client? The majority of how I get clients for this consulting work Mm -hmm. is word of mouth. I'm not advertising. I'm not into sales funnels. I'm not offering like free masterclasses and getting people on my email list. It's not like that. It is definitely one of those things that they arrive to me and they are feeling like they were somehow just like kind of meant to, to hear this message. Right. Right. They're missing something. Something's missing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I have to say like, it's also, for people who are just starting their business and trying to really find their voice and what their business is about, Mm -hmm. but also people who have achieved very high levels of success and are still somehow realizing that it's not fulfilling. Like, okay, I get to $100,000 in business and then I I reach $500,000, then I reach a million dollars and suddenly I'm realizing, when's it enough? Right, 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 right. The end game isn't necessarily just about money. The end game is totally not about money because it's really about being in a place that you're operating from the universal laws, if you will, and being in a flow state, being in that place. All right. Define define that. Define that. Being in a place where you're doing what you're doing and you're cultivating the skills that you are because you're enjoying the experience and you're more following your bliss, you know, to quote Joseph Campbell, than a want or a desire. You are overflowing with this inspiration that then allows the right opportunities to find you. There, there becomes a lot less searching for business and more business finding you. It's a different operating state. It's a different level of um, consciousness, I guess, or awareness. Staying with that idea for a minute, because this is all new to me. How do people find you if you're more self-actualized? How do the two come together to someone that never thought about it, like like me? I guess on like the most basic level, it's a little bit like law of attraction. If you've heard about like the secret or any of those kinds of things, it's really about everything in the universe being made up and comprised of one infinite source of energy. I mean, it can get a little woo. <laughs> yeah, a little new agey as we used to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I just say, just try it out. If you've yeah. been doing for a while the same things and stuff that used to produce results that's suddenly not producing results anymore and you're tired of that uh, level of work and that level of force and like you're feeling like your pace is a little bit unsustainable just consider there might be another way yeah 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 you know so we really do work to really look at what those foundational principles are and then we do work to really not just understand them conceptually but really ingrain them and really get to a place of true belief in them and that goes back to kind of having a morning routine or these practices incorporated 
as a practice, like you were saying about meditation, you know, Mm -hmm. where you're working on a particular affirmation for the day or for the week. For me, as well as the people listening. Yeah. An affirmation. Mm Mm-hmm. I know what the word means. What does it mean in this context? In this context, because what I'm talking about is about, okay, so we have default ways of thinking, right? You know, something mm-hmm. happens like a pandemic and we start to say that like, you know, business is going to dry up and this, and this is why a lot of people are experiencing a lot of anxiety at this time because we are subscribed to a a belief that in order for there to be business, something has to happen and that we could actually create a new belief, right? When we were very young, we were creating new beliefs all the time, right? And a lot of them, we just absorbed without a filter from our parents because we trust our parents and they took great care of us. And and that's what we do. We're very open-minded as kids. And as we get older, we start to have more experiences and we some of them are not so great. And we start to, to be a little hesitant about taking in all the ideas we hear. And so this idea is at first just an idea. It's just a, a saying that you say to yourself, this affirmation, right? And eventually you work with it. Like, I don't mean to trivialize it, but give me an example. Like right now, a lot of people aren't sure what to do. Everybody's talking about pivoting. Which way should I pivot? I could go this way. I could go that way. Or what if I don't know what my pivot should be? You know, what if I'd rather be vegging out right now? Like I don't even feel like talking about a pivot, right? There are so many places we could go. But but, um, if you're considering the idea, one of the first things that might come up is I don't know. But pretty often in business, we get to a point where I just don't know. And that's what leads to the overwhelm and the overthinking and very often the burnout. That's why so many businesses fail within the first three years because the kind of new thinking that you have to do to be able to go beyond and push to the next ceiling and then it's going to take something new to get to the next level. Our preconditioning will get us only so far. But if we keep bumping into that same ceiling, it's really a good thing. It's really an opportunity to notice that there's a there's a place to evolve. There's a place to develop and grow our thinking and expand what what we know ourselves to be capable of. This is where an affirmation can come in handy. So if my default thinking is, I don't know where to get new clients. Uh, maybe this is something I've thought about in my business for, for years. And the pandemic is... Yeah, I'm constantly thinking yeah, about that's, that. A lot of business owners are thinking, I don't, I don't know. Sure. The default is often that I should do some other strategy. But if we stop and if we actually just work on creating a new belief, there is so much that opens up there. So instead of, I don't know, what if we replace it with all my moves are the right move? Or like, I don't want to get stuck in this worry. I don't want to get stuck in this downward spiral. I don't want to get stuck in like, I don't know. And then what if my business has to close? And what if I have to declare bankruptcy? And what if I, right? We can, we can negative think, negative think that downward spiral, which is really oh, just yeah. an indication of how creative we are with, with our thinking. If we can do that, we actually have the ability to go in the other direction, right? So we can, what if in a positive direction, what if clients just start finding me. What if I get a surprise bonus in the mail? What if, like just what if, and at first it feels a little bit like magical thinking. It feels a little bit funny because we're so used to 
these other thoughts. But eventually right. when you really like lean into it, and this is where the trust really comes in, eventually when you really truly get to the point where you start to see this producing results and we start small, we start with producing small wins, you start to gain momentum and actually works really quickly. So an affirmation is a goal, right? An affirmation is basically a replacement thought that you want to have. So if you notice that you have a default of feeling like I'm all alone, especially if you own your business by yourself, it's like, it's all up to me. It's all on my shoulders. Like you feel very much alone. Well, there might be an opportunity there to cultivate some trust and some belief in co-creative process with the universe. So what if instead of I'm all alone, your new default thinking is I'm divinely guided and protected. Mm. I'm always being looked after. And you don't even mean that you're not even talking from a, a religious standpoint. You're not even talking from a God standpoint. When you say divinely, you know. A, yeah, it's whatever you call it. Like if you can open up to something bigger than yourself mm -hmm. that is what some people call god and what some you know some people go to temple some people go to church and some people just believe in you know the universe so whatever that thing is to yeah, you. yeah yeah higher power higher power spirit i like that you know it's funny that during this time that we're all stuck well stuck is i mean that's a mindset <laughs> i love the word pause yeah. i do love the word pause because it's the world <laughs> it's not us, but there's a whole new division of our, of our business, you know, de destination weddings. So there are people plan weddings in Italy, and Italy was the first country to shut down. Yeah. So it's not just us. It's not just the United States. It's not just New York. It's not just LA. It's the world. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody. I think that's what makes this different than any other recession that we've experienced just in this country. I mean, this is global mm -hmm. right. and it really That's points what I mean. to what a global it, society we are now it couldn't possibly be isolated yeah. this doesn't compare to anything since like 1919 oh yeah the spanish know, the flu mm -hmm. Six hundred thousand americans died i actually have a client whose son is a virologist oh. whose doctoral thesis was in the human coronavirus no yeah, way yeah something that most of us never heard of right but this, this is this is something that existed before. So the, the general yeah. idea, you know, what you do as a, mm -hmm. as a coach for business and for personal is if it's ever going to unlock the keys, this is the time because people do have hours and hours and hours to yeah. do stuff. Definitely. I mean, I really operate from a very critical truth that businesses develop alongside the individuals who operate them, that your personal evolution can fuel your business revolution, that the greater your consciousness, the greater your impact can be. And also both, like, for example, both of our companies are our names. Yeah. The stakes are high. <laughs> yeah. The stakes are very high. But the stakes are, they're high for everybody, even if they're not owning their own business. I mean, I think the idea that, that your level of fulfillment, your level of sophistication and thinking, your development impacts your experience, right? This is what happens when we find a new book that we love or when we experience a 
piece of music that opens our mind, anything that resonates with us deeply that allows us to have a greater awareness of something in the world that we didn't know about before. I'm now present to more joy than I knew existed just a, than just a moment ago. What's opened up for a lot of people in this time is seeing a little bit of a slice of some of how they want life to be. And instead of waking up and feeling like we're shot out of a cannon every morning, right? we have time to be with our loved ones and to take care of ourselves. And maybe there's something in learning how much we really enjoy that. Maybe, maybe we're having a little too much of it, right? Maybe we need a little more balance. Um, but I think that there are going to be a lot of shifts that happen after this pandemic. One, I think the financial repercussions are going to be so huge that it's going to change the landscape just because there will be a lot of uh, businesses that don't survive. But that- And our industry has been hit particularly hard. The hospitality industry, which in the long run is what we do because we do so much work with venues and hotels and stuff like that. We cannot work our craft. And I always find it funny that we're doing a podcast on a Saturday afternoon at one o'clock in the <laughs> spring on a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. I know I had, a, I had a job for tonight and a job for tomorrow night. We would never have this podcast on a Saturday. Yeah. I mean, you work more weekends a year than I do. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Because my projects, the, the scope of yeah, them is- they're much larger. Right. Um, but- yeah, I mean, I don't think you would have expected to, I wouldn't have expected you to be available. Or, yeah, this on is a Saturday. I, yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah you, you wouldn't know. be able to be present, right? And that's right. what the mindfulness conversation is really all about having us be fully present and in the moment available for whatever's there, which I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to have this conversation on a Saturday. I, yeah, great. The first time we met was when we did the podcast. Mm hmm. And you were kind enough to invite me to your home. And I remember, because my wife's a writer and we've always had this huge book collection. And you have a gigantic living room wall of nothing but books. And I said, oh, my God. <laughs> you and my wife would be best friends. You don't see that a lot. You know, you go into people's apartments. You don't see stereos. You don't see record collections. You don't see books on the walls. You don't, you don't see That's so interesting. Yeah, I, I also fell in love with and married a, a book lover. So, you know, I don't have to adjust any part of my personality, right? Like, it's, it's normal. We, we both bring our books to the relationship. But right. when we moved to Los Angeles, we had my husband's boss over, moved out there for this new job, got to meet the boss. So invite him over for dinner. And he walks into our apartment. And the same thing, we had a, a different setup, but a big wall of books as soon as you walk in. And he looked at them and he said, What'd you bring these out here for? Nobody reads. You got to get rid of these things. And we were just like, oh my goodness, like where did we move to that people don't read? <laughs> Another planet. <laughs> it turns out that that's actually not true. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. As a, and what's really funny is that people, especially in show business, probably read more than probably any other, just if, if they're reading yeah. scripts, if they're reading novels, if they're reading their producers, they're reading books to option. You know, they're, they're constantly reading. Constantly. Yeah. They're not lovers of books per se. Yeah. And actually that said, like a lot of the, because I've worked with a lot of celebrities, um, you know, they tend to be very much into self-awareness and self-development. And um, I, so for the meditation piece, me and my husband both do transcendental meditation. And oh, really? 
why we got into it is because he was always here. His favorite movie director is David Lynch and David Lynch has the David Lynch foundation. He's huge into transcendental meditation. So he had always heard him talking about it. And finally I did get to the point where I, my husband had been talking about it for so many years. I said, just go do that or stop talking. about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was five years ago. Um, and I have had, I mean, so I had, like I said, started meditating when I was 13 and kind of always was like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Maybe I'll try this one. I bounced around yeah, to a lot you of picked different up, techniques. Picked up on your own, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when you do transcendental meditation, you actually get a coach, get, a, you get your a own mantra. personal mantra. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I, consistently, I've done this practice now for the last five years, and it's 20 minutes twice a day. And, um, you know, oh, really, that's it. That's yeah. No, it's really designed to to work with your life. And there's a lot of stress release that happens um, and a lot more clarity. It's almost like they say um, athletes who do it like that, you know, um, the game slows down when they're like in the, like they could just be more focused and more present. So it seems like everything else around them kind of slows down. Right, 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 right. A little bit kind of what the experience it, it can be like when you've been doing. No, it. I'm telling, like I was telling you about these coaches. I mean, they, they you know, this, and, and this goes back 30 years. I'm Phil Jackson with, with, uh, Oh yeah. Know. Have you been watching the, uh, yeah. Oh my God. I, it's I, so good. I ate so it up. Good. And what's funny is that they always call Phil Jackson, the Zen master. Well, and, he's doing like yoga with his his team for like right. all those so years. So sure enough, they're in, it was like game six of some finals and it was like 10 seconds on the clock. You hear Phil Jackson, over 20,000 screaming fans. All right, just remember, be, be centered, you know, be mindful, calm everything down, bring it back down. And it was so funny hearing those terms in the most pressurized time. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of scientific evidence for the impact that this kind of practice has on performance. All of the things that we can occupy our mind with about, am I doing this right? What are people going to think? Is this going to produce a result? Am, am I going to make money from this? All of that kind of thinking, when we cleared that out of the way, and we're really locked in on our intention and our commitment in our business, with the confidence that the universe really provides, right? When, when all of it's kind of working together, then, you know, you could do it mm -hmm. all day. And this is what we talk about, like when we talk about um, a state of mastery, that there's very little distinction between work and play when somebody has reached a state of true mastery, can't, there's a fine line like yes they're they're you know doing this professionally but they are enjoying it so deeply that you know time almost slips away which again is not a novel concept i mean the one of the oldest axioms in, in the book is like if you love what you do you never work a day in your life yeah yeah oh none yeah. of this is new none yeah, of yeah, this yeah. is new but i think that it is something that has been with human beings since the beginning of time to really, uh, you know, get in touch with and cultivate that relationship with the self to ultimately experience the highest version of the self. Yourself, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can't do it for someone else and you can't do it on a timetable. You know, it's like, it's gotta come no. to you. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has their own process for sure. Someone asked me what I miss most about the business and I, I miss 
seeing people smile when I call the right song and I see people running onto the dance floor. Mm. The looks on their faces, it's just so joyous. And I have that ability, I have that talent that I can make people do that, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I miss. Not the money, not the, not the calling of the tune, but the ability to create something that wasn't there. Well, and that's such a co-creation. That's like the exact example. I mean, because that, that response. I mean, that's the definition yeah. of what you do. You'll, you'll take a, you'll take a, literally someone will say, okay, you know, I want to do a wedding in a field. This is up to you to say, you need a tent, you need generators, you need music, you need a floor, you need heating, you need a million things. It's all what you love to do. And you're creating something where there was nothing. Yeah. As the great Sondheim finishing the hat, that's really yeah. what it's all about. It's the last line of that song is, look, I made a hat where there never was a hat. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I love creating something where there was nothing. And that for years has given me a lot of energy and been very invigorating. And I also love creating something where there is everything. Yeah. Because I really do truly believe that each one of us has everything all already inside of us waiting to be expressed. And some of us have easier access to it. And I think all of us really benefit from other people's input perspective um, and uh, guidance. And I love being in that co-creative journey also. So I feel like I get the best of both worlds by doing these two things. I was always kind of scared to tell my clients that I also did this, which is kind of funny because they knew I had other clients. I mean, I don't talk about my other clients all the time. I don't have to be talking about it all the time, but I also don't have to hide it. I mean, I think that we all have an opportunity to look at where our perspective is now, right? Mm -hmm. And the view is always more clear from the top. We go to the top sure. of the building, we can, we can see things in a whole different way. We get above the clouds in the airplane, like we can see things in a whole different way. And sometimes right. we're in these days, right? Like you were talking about how it's raining today. Like this is one of those very basic examples for cultivating trust because we know logically that the sun is still there. Right. So I think it is a chance to look at like, where can we elevate our perspective? Where do like, who do I need to be? What kind of work do I need to do to be able to get to a place where I can see the possibility, where I can see the opportunity, or I can see a place where I can cultivate joy. I think joy is a tremendous access to being able to cultivate this kind of thinking. A little exercise where you spend your day, like how, what are the things that make me feel abundant, right? Light a candle, uh, take a bubble bath, you know, water the plants on your back deck, whatever mm -hmm. the things mm -hmm. are that make you feel filled up. Like there are always ways that we can. And and in, in my work, like, like you said, like, just call a client just to say hi and see how they're doing or, you know, work on that project that you haven't been able to get to, like, you know, redesigning your website or starting your blog that you always right. meant to do. There, and there are different things for all of us. And I think some of us are going to do more work and some of us are, you know, not are going to maybe be tending to other things like family that, um, 
if it, especially if it was out of alignment before the pandemic. And, and I think it's fine. I think that we need to give ourselves the space to just be however it right. is to just be right. Like there are the affirmations, there are the meditations, you can do those things and you can also just be present. That's really, really interesting. So do you do yoga? Do you do in addition to the two 20 minute TMs a day? Yeah, so I do I do meditation. Um, I do yoga, I do Pilates. Um, I, I'm been getting into bar exercises uh, during quarantine. I've been loving those um, just quick, effective workouts, 30 minutes. Wait, bar like, bar like ballet bar? Bar like ballet oh, wow. bar, yeah. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I, I honestly, most of my activity since we've been um, at home has been with my five-year-old like going outside and going for a bike ride because we live on a cul-de-sac yeah, 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 and we yeah. can just ride the loop. When I lived in New York City, I always dreamed of having a little cabin in the woods <laughs> on a lake. Like that was my ultimate dream. And actually now we actually do have a place in Maine and it's a little cabin in the, the woods lake. on a lake. <laughs> oh, <see? laughs> and I stressed the little okay. cabin part. <laughs> but, but it's, you made it happen. You made it happen. Yeah. 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 And that, and it's that kind of stuff that I've always been open to. Like, I mean, I've been the kind of person who would have a vision board and, you know, those kinds of things and just like putting it out there, putting that intention of what you want out into the world. And then also just like letting it unfold, right? Not always being in a struggle to produce that result. Right. Tie it back to the the business Mm -hmm. stuff, um, which is really what money is. I mean, we call it currency, Right. right? It's like, the flow, the currency. So this is all that there is, is energy. And there are ways to channel it, to harness it, to work with it more effectively instead of working against it. I'm coming over. You got a new client. (laughs) (laughs) That's the beauty of this work. You don't have to come over. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's really true. Well, Andrea, thank you so much. This is, this is terrific. And it's nice to know that there are other sides of people. All right, so I know you as an event planner. Oh, mm-hmm. well, there's a whole nother side to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not just what I do. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. People, I think people are incredible. And thank you so much for the opportunity to come and, and share this part of myself and this story. And I've had a blast. I always have a blast talking to you. And I, for anybody who's out there listening and, you know, if anybody wants to know more, they can certainly get in touch. That's- Tell people how they, the best way to get in touch with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. It's um, a Freeman underscore Insta or email Andrea at andreafreemanevents.com is also fine. Um, and books. Ooh. What kind of books? You got to be more specific. So one of the things I do when I work with coaching clients is I actually open up my whole library. They get a copy of this enormous spreadsheet. It's over a hundred books oh, and it's wow. like all the personal development stuff that I've you know consumed over the years. It's all of the business books. It's all of the marketing books. It's, it's really all of it. Right, 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 right. Um, if you don't have the ability to go do transcendental meditation, like you can't go find a coach right now, there is still like um, like Vedic mantra based meditation. And I learned this one from Deepak Chopra when I read one of his books years ago, where you can just you know sit quietly and close your eyes, get comfortable, and then internally say to yourself, "So hum." Just keep repeating that sound. So it's a sound vibration. So hum. So hum. 
go home. And just like start, if you start saying it to yourself, you'll notice that it really does kind of mimic the sound of your heartbeat. Oh, wow. So hum, so hum. And you just keep repeating that to yourself. yourself. To yourself, like quietly in your Mm -hmm. own mind. Um, And, you know, you could start with two minutes a day. You could start with five minutes a day. What, you know, whatever kind of grabs you, there's no specific amount of time that you need to do it for. But the practice of focusing on that allows your mind to take a rest. Oh, right. Okay. Our, our minds are busy computers that are just always going, always going. And that is one of the reasons that we experience stress or anxiety because we fixate on a thought and we don't, and this is the, the, the brain really only can memorize or, you know, keep at the forefront two or three things at a time. So in order to try to keep the thought alive, it's working really hard to have you have you still be aware that that thought is still there. Right. Right, right, right. So when we meditate, when we repeat these sounds, we allow those thoughts to kind of slip away and we allow our bodies to recharge. Wow. So is it like, like literally restarting a laptop? <laughs> Yeah, it's a reboot. It's a reboot. And that's why transcendental meditation is 20 minutes twice a day. I mean, you do a morning meditation and you do an afternoon meditation. And I have clients who don't do transcendental meditation. I'm not always saying that, you know, everybody has to do that. I have clients who work with apps like Headspace or Calm and love it. And, you know, if it's working, keep for sure, keep doing it. But I do recommend that they make time for a morning meditation and an afternoon meditation. Do those work you know? uh, calm and headspace? I was gonna actually ask you about this. Yeah, I, I've had, I've never actually personally tried them, but look, I've tried a lot of other things. I just happen to be in a practice right now that I'm really enjoying and I'm kind of not gonna mess right. with it. Yeah, for me personally, I like to get away from my phone. I do experience a little bit of phone addiction and you know, um, especially with like getting lost in the scroll on social media. So I like to put away my phone to meditate. That really works for me. Um, But so there's these kinds of meditations where you sit, where you're separate from, you know, your goings on of your life. And then there's another kind of meditation where we're in the middle of our day and, you know, whatever is going on, if we've we've already done our meditation and we've gotten to a more still calm place and then something happens and throws us off our game, right? And it would be easy to go into that negative spiral that, you know, that downward spiral that we were talking about before, but where you can just stop yourself and um, it's a really simple practice. You just take your um, thumb and your pinky and put them together and you repeat these words. Peace begins with me. And this I got from Gabby Bernstein. It's amazing. Peace Peace begins begins with me. And it's like, and you just keep repeating it and you can say it quietly. Nobody has to know you're doing it. Put your hand down to your side. Like, I mean, you can be secretive about it if you want to, or you can, you know, do it a little more vocally. Um, but it just, again, gets you out of that negative spiral mm-hmm. downward and, uh, you know, recenters your, your thinking and your mindset and reminds you of you know your power to create peace begins with me like i can generate it in this moment peace begins with me and so hum begins with me and so hum 
I've got my assignments. Go forth. Thank you so much, Andrea Freeman. Thanks so much for having me. You're the best. Talk to you soon. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Quick reminder that you can find Andrea at A Freeman, A-F-R-E-E-M-A-N underscore Insta on Instagram. And as usual, you can find me at Doug Winters Inc. on Instagram. And as always, stay strong, stay healthy, stay safe, wear a mask, do all the right things, listen to the scientists, and we'll all get through this together. I'll see you all soon. Bye-bye.